This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you Welcome to another episode of Equity May. It's a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you? I'm very good, Bryce. I am excited for this episode. Always excited, but particularly excited today. We may not be the biggest football fans. But every four years when the World Cup comes along for those two weeks, we certainly are. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Come on, Aussie. Our World Cup kicked off at 3am this morning. Yes. We're recording it beforehand, but uh, yeah, releasing it almost alongside the World Cup. Yes. Yeah. So, plenty of content. But uh, releasing this bonus episode because we have been working on a side project with our good mate, Ed Cavalli. And I think we can call him our good mate. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We've... Uh, he is uh, a soccer fanatic, football fanatic. Yeah. Uh, for people who aren't familiar with Ed Cavalli, he is probably one of the most recognized football commentators who didn't play the game. Yes. Well, <laughs> play the game professionally. Yes. Uh, Santo Sam and Ed, people have probably heard about or watched or listened to. And then he is also one third of the Today FM breakfast show, Husey, Ed and Aaron. We're in, with Radio Royalty now. <laughs> yeah, we've we're sold very, out our podcasting roots. <laughs> very fortunate to uh, to be able to have sat down with Ed. Now, there's a lot of content coming out around the Qatar World Cup. Uh, Netflix have just released uh, a doco on, um, on FIFA and all the politics around that. And so we wanted to do an episode on the business of the World Cup over in our business news show, The Dive. However, when sitting down with Ed to get his thoughts on what's happened, it's turned out to be a fully-fledged 40-minute episode. Yeah, we try to stick to 15 minutes with the dive. Uh, 20 is like the hard cutoff, but this interview was about 40 minutes, but we wanted to release it because it was it was really interesting, number one, and a lot of fun, number two. Yeah, Ed has a lot of thoughts. I think we start there, but I think the really interesting thing is 
you go down rabbit holes and you Google as you listen to this, you'll be Googling some things and there is a lot there is a lot there. And Ed obviously has kept his finger on the pulse. Big time. Keeps his eye on what's happening with FIFA. Big time. Um, and then he has some, shall we say, some theories about what will happen next. Yes. Uh, a few predictions to close out the episode. I found it incredibly fascinating. Uh, a lot of ground covered and you may not agree with it all, but uh, very, very interesting nonetheless. And as you said, Ren, when you do go down the rabbit holes online and start Googling and watching uh, associated docos, um, he paints a pretty compelling picture. So, And just one note, something that he said to me after we finished recording, but it's worth just uh, putting front of mind for people uh, when he starts talking about his theories about what could happen in this World Cup he talks about VAR which is like the video referees yeah. and how they review plays um, and he mentions in the interview the New Zealand v Costa Rica video now you can watch that on YouTube and see how New Zealand got a goal overturned that would have had them qualifying for this World Cup by a questionable controversial VAR decision but Ed also mentioned that if you want to see uh, perhaps a little bit of home country bias in refereeing he mentioned the 2002 refereeing at the South Korea World Cup and apparently there's a montage on YouTube I haven't watched it yet but I just wanted to get that on mic so when people are listening to the VAR section they can go and look that up as well I don't know if, if people agree or not. Well, I am not a football fan. That is for you to make your own decisions. But Ed, uh, thank you for jumping on and and sharing your view with us. Yes, massive thanks. Well, let's leave it there. A bit of a cliffhanger to leave uh, people wondering what is going to come. So without further ado, here is Ed and Ren discussing the Qatar FIFA World Cup. The business of Qatar. <laughs> Ed Cavalli, thanks for joining me. Yeah, great to be here, bro. But listen, man, this 15-minute limit, it's just not gonna. It's just, we're just not gonna make that. We're just, <laughs> we're just, it's just not gonna happen. We need extra time. We need injury time. This this is the biggest business slash sporting event in the world. It needs it needs because there's a lot to there's a. You sent me questions. Yep. And oh man, we got we got answers. We got answers. Okay. All right. Well, look. If you if you can give us answers, we'll give you extra time. That's that's the deal. <laughs> but look, let's let's start here and we'll see where it goes. Qatar are reportedly spending 220 billion US dollars on this World Cup compared to 16 billion from Russia in 2018, 20 billion from Brazil in 2014. We wanted to start here. We are a business podcast and we couldn't really get our heads around the business rationale for a 10x increase in spending. So, why spend so much? So, uh, that's probably conservative as well. So that's probably a conservative estimate. So for them, it's about, and they've said this a number of times, it's about nation building. We're going to probably get onto sports washing later. I am less concerned about that. So the key moment, one of the key moments is to go back to 2005 when they opened the Inspire Academy, which quote from their website, so I'm sure I'm being tracked, has ambitious target by 2020, two years ago, I need to update the website, to be recognised as the world's leading sports academy development of youth athletes. Opened in 2005, and guess who they had at the opening? It wasn't like, you know, two people from Love Island. They had Pele and Maradona. Those were the two people who opened this thing. So the, the eyebrows that you're raising, those are the eyebrows that they want to keep raised up. Now, we're going to get to this and why it's important, because here's a quiz question. Who is the current global head of the Inspire Academy sports division. 
because there's other divisions, but who is the sports head? Well, Ed, I, you're not the only one that's done their research. And by research, I mean spoken to you beforehand. I believe it's Tim Cahill. Oh, isn't that interesting? So that plays a part to what we're going to get to when it's tinfoil hat time. But there he is, Mr. Tim Cahill. And God bless him, as he said himself, a kid who left school at 16 from Western Sydney, now running this multi-billion dollar sports inspire academy so that's partly why they're spending that money but another part of why they're spending that money as we know is it's all these gulf countries not wanting to have to rely on fossil fuels when the guardian finally cancels them and then secondly but they also need quite literally other things to do which they've said they want this to be the place so they've got like this quote global scouting network that they keep speaking about so you know tim cahill will mention in interviews that no uh, that the, the qatari javelin throwers have never been better well who gives a shit? but the point is it's just to be able to continuously bombard the world with press releases about progress and positivity coming out of qatar and sports the easiest way to do it because it's the easiest thing to quantify. Yeah, and I think that that gets into this idea of sports washing. I guess we are hearing it in the the sense of like covering up their human rights atrocities potentially, but also I guess sports washing, yeah. as you said, can be used to, as a proxy for progress and nation building. Uh, so help us get our heads around sports washing and is it worth $220 billion? Well, it depends who you ask, because this is not new at all, and it's certainly not new for the World Cup. Mussolini did this in 1934 when he he did not like football, uh, Mussolini, but he liked the idea that he could look good with football. So in 1934 for that World Cup, he printed tickets on the finest of paper, the best paper you've ever seen in your life, so that people had something to go and say to the rest of the world, isn't isn't Italy a great place? Are you sure about that? A bit bit much known. Look at these tickets. I went to the World Cup. And they also, they paid people to go. So they paid for fans to go to this World Cup. And what did we see three days before the World Cup? What did we just find out? That they had been caught, Qatar, using, we think, expats or foreign workers to paint them as being fake fans for teams that were lining up. So they did Brazil, right? They did a video on TikTok on Brazil of all these Brazilian fans that had rocked up, you know, early. As it, okay, fine. And then they did one to say, Okay, now look at all these English fans that have rocked up and are also having a parade. The problem that they had was they were, they were using the same instruments. So they were the same. And the last time I checked, Brazilian fans and English fans weren't in an instrument exchange program. And the other, the other reason they got caught is no one's going to ever believe that there are other English fans. They, they, everyone hates England. That's why they got caught. They had to pick the one country that basically everyone in the world hates and wants to lose at the World Cup. So any other people, they could have picked Iran and people would have been like, yeah, okay, that kind of makes sense. But England, forget it. And they also were paying. So the Dutch have been really critical and they still are. The coach is like, this is stupid. Why are we here? But we'll get to that later. So one of the first things Qatar did is they made an approach to Dutch influencers to go to Qatar and be paid and be paid to do positive posts about Qatar. So they go to who's criticizing them and they find a way to go, well, if they don't like us, this part of them do. So that sort of evens it out somehow. And the, the irony of that is, of course, you're flying influencers in to do stories about the World Cup. Influencers who will then be arrested for taking a photo in a bikini in public and therefore undoing all of your good work. Yeah, it, it is confusing. And I, I guess it's also confusing because for every Dutch influencer that you fly over, the world's media is turning their attention on Qatar. And we're speaking about it here on a on a business podcast. If you didn't have the World Cup, 
the focus wouldn't be on all of the issues, but instead they're now got the world's attention on them and they're having to pay these influencers. It feels like they're not so much sports washing as sports spotlighting. And then you add to that, <laughs> the players themselves are revolting and you know Denmark is wearing a protest kit. Australia's uh, players released a critical video. Has this backfired? Uh, look, it depends. Once again, it depends on who you are and who you're answering to. So one thing that we've got to make very, very clear at this point, and we will get to the, the results on the pitch in a moment, because that's where all these chickens are going to come home to roost. And I've got very strong conspiracy theories about these. But the other thing that's happened is a Qatar's attitude has changed. They have finished apologising. So that has been a big, oh, you know, the World Cup's for everybody. It's this, it's that. And they just now, you know what? We paid for this and you can actually, excuse my language, you can because the other day, right, oh, the World Cup's for everyone, the World Cup's for everyone, you know, okay, well, it's for everyone except the following groups of people. And there was a Qatari former national player on German TV the other day who forgot the script. He was on TV and he was asked about the LGBTQ plus, you know, people who want to go and want to support it. And he just had it. And he called being gay a damage in the mind. And that was every now and again, it just drops a little. The perfect sports watch, whatever you want to call it. And yes, and two days ago, the Danish, of course, the Danish were filming and just blokes tried to stop them filming. No reason. And then they say, well, you don't need a permit. He goes, we've got one. It was like Ned Flanders, you know, when, when Homer starts the lynch mob in Springfield and it's no burning leaves without a permit. I got one too late. And by then his house is already on fire because they've kicked the leaves. It was that exact moment. And so they just now the rubber is hitting the road and you can feel them actually now going, why have we been, why are we apologizing? What, what are we doing? We paid for this shit. We, we got it through the, you know, the FIFA process, which I'd love to cover at some point, how they got this bid and why that and how that plays into where we are now and how that's going to play out on the pitch. Because this is not some people, oh, it's an outlier. It's a disgrace. You know, I've got a saying that I always like to use. How do you know something is not true? How? I saw it in a Netflix documentary, right? They are over as they are over a million when it comes to facts in documentaries, right? They're always opinion documentaries. They always have a Netflix always have a reason to suddenly come up with some documentary where they've made up half the quotes or it's all basically all mostly bullshit. So they've got this FIFA one where they say they go back through the bidding process. Now this is true. When Qatar got the World Cup during that time, twenty-two of the twenty-two that voted, sixteen of those Execoa members in FIFA, because it's only 22 people who decide it, have either been banned, accused or indicted for criminal corruptions, involved in FBI cases, or accused of ethical violations but not conv convicted. Two of them were already off the voting panel because they'd been done in a newspaper sting trying to sell their votes. So as recently as 2020, the FBI is still coming after them. It is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this is what the traitors on Channel 10 thought it was going to be. Just film FIFA. You want to have, you want to have a show called Traitors? Just film <laughs> the FIFA Exico. But it's not a shock. It was the logical extension of a process that they had designed. So when the former FIFA president, the demonic Swiss gnome, Joseph F. Blatter, he's, now, he's trying to blame Michel Platini. And he's saying it's all Platini's fault. He was the head of UEFA Europe at the time. He switched. I wanted it to be for America. Nothing to do with me, says the bloke that ran it for 30 years and whatever. We can get to that's an, a topic for another day. But 
I've got a little grab which I want to play because the, the legend that is Tarek Panja, the journalist, uh, he was on Pod Save the World, which has done a good job recently. But follow T A R I Q P A N J A, or put his name into search. The guy's a flat stick genius, and he literally is the only human being that willfully goes to all of FIFA's congresses as a journalist and sits there and listens to their bullshit. The man deserves a Nobel Prize just for that. So this is him talking about a dinner that took place in Paris where Michel Platini, who controls basically five votes on that panel, five out of 22, two blokes have been kicked out. Now it's five out of 20. We're looking good here. Let's get them. So, so this is him, Sarkozy, the president, invites him over for dinner. Not a, you know, it's probably normally a swingers party, but he goes over there and he says, righto. And oh, hello. Have you met, have you met my friend, the crown prince of Qatar? And have you had, have you met this bloke who's part of this bid that they've got for the World Cup? It's just so weird that you two are both here, right? Now, just to give us an idea of the stakes that are, that are involved when it comes to the World Cup, this has to be put into context. This is what took place at the dinner, according to Tarek. Have a listen to the stakes that are being used for the World Cup. There was a dinner, famous dinner at the Elysee Palace, the home of the French president at the time, Nicolas Sarkozy. The other dinner was the then crown prince and current emir of Qatar, Sheikh Tamim, Michel Platini, another French great footballer, head of European football, Nicolas Sarkozy, and I believe the French sports minister was there. That dinner had huge implications for the world of football and for the 2022 World Cup. Here is why. Afterwards, Qatar places an order for French jets worth billions of dollars. And Platini has his head turned. Nicolas Sarkozy says, for France, the World Cup, your vote should go to Qatar. And Michel Platini, to his credit, is one of these few voters who at least tells everyone publicly who he voted for in that secret vote. He says he voted for Qatar, though he says he would have done it anyway. Mm, I'm not so sure about that. Right. Okay. Okay. So, and this is why it's upsetting. Australia bought French submarines that they didn't even have to build. We didn't get any votes. We welcomed Manu into our hearts. We didn't get any votes. I guess, I guess my, my question just keep, keeps going back to why. So, you know, Qatar are spending billions on French jets. You know, the, the bidding process, they co-bid with Russia, didn't they? Russia bid for 2018, Qatar bid for 2022, and there was a lot going on there. Like, it is a lot of effort. It is a lot of alleged corruption. And then it's, it's a lot of... Oh, no, I don't go with corruption. So that's the other thing. I'm tired of that being said. This is the logical extension of a process that had already been started. So Australia paid $40 million or $25 million, I can't remember how much it was, of public money to bid for this same World Cup. Let's not forget that. The big issue that England had when they lost to Qatar was that they didn't do the right bribes. So that I spoke to a former executive of the Australian bid who told me something incredible. She said they were at Sydney Airport when they had the FIFA Congress here. And one of the big bosses who's in this Netflix documentary, but he's not a bad guy because he's in a T-shirt. So he's cool now. So they, they're at the airport with all of the Aussies, the bid, right? And this bloke walks past. They go, hey, how you going? And he goes, hey, I just want to tell you, your presentation was amazing. Everybody loved it. And they're like, really? Thank you so much. And he goes, yeah, it's a shame you can't have it. <laughs> they go, sorry, sorry, what? 
He goes, well, you know, you've got a Sydney airport's got a, a, a 2 a.m. curfew and the, the FIFA members and the, the big wigs and all of the, uh, uh, obviously, the VIPs are on a different time zone, so they won't be able to fly in and out. But, yeah, anyway, well done. And they walk off. And everyone ignores it. And this woman, this uh, Benita is her name, she goes, sorry, did anyone else hear that? And they're like, what? No, that bloke just told us that there's no way we're getting this bid because of the, even though so we should stop spending money. And they all just look at her and they go, what are you talking about? We can, we can still win. And of course, we got one vote. And even then, that was a stretch. So it's very important to understand that this is not corruption. It is corruption, but corrupt implies an honest system being corrupted. This has never been an honest system being corrupted, and it never will be. And that is why I don't, I hate it when people bang on about corruption. Well, let's say billions of dollars of jets, uh, a lot of bribes, <laughs> alleged <laughs> bribes, and then hundreds of billions of dollars worth of spending on infrastructure. I saw a post on Instagram today that was equating Qatar to Fire Festival based on some of the accommodation and stuff like that. It, it feels like a lot for a moment where the whole world will be looking at Qatar, many with critical eyes. So how do you explain such an effort and such a spend from the Qataris? See, they're playing on levels that you and I don't understand. So the Jets, all of it, a short answer is don't know. Long answer is we'll find out, but it's going to take a while. So we actually don't know why they've... We, we, I can listen to Tim Cahill forever and not hear why they've done it. I can listen to the Emir forever and not hear why they've actually done it. We don't know why they've done it. It's not a Bond film. They don't stroke a cat and tell us at the one hour, 45 minute mark. We, we short answer don't know. We know what they're telling us. But well, why would we believe that one? I don't believe anything else that's been said. So no one knows yet. But here's something I want to throw in the mix. Did you know that Saudi Arabia has a bid in for 2030? It doesn't, doesn't surprise me. They just bought an English Premier League football team. Well, they bought Newcastle. And why do the other teams, well, I know we're, we're getting off topic, but why don't the other English teams like the fact that the, the Saudi Arabians have bought in? And now even the Americans, the Liverpool owners, are starting to sell out. Because what do they know that we don't? I'm sure plenty. But, <laughs> but what in particular? <laughs> exactly. But they also know that these blokes, and they're all blokes, will not stop until it is they get it, what it is that they think they want. And it's not javelin results. And it's not isn't Qatar a nice place? They could already have that. They've got the airline that sponsors everything under the sun. They've got all of that already. So we're not going to know. And that's why I'm keen for the financial people of the world. That's the pages I need to read because that's what that's where you'll find out. Well, Ed, while we uh, wait and see, I want to turn to some of the other stakeholders involved in the World Cup, in particular, the companies that are sponsoring the sport. And then I want to talk to you about what happens on the pitch. But before then, a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Ed. Well, before the break, we spoke about do I get free? Do I get free things from those sponsors? From uh, our sponsors? <laughs> we barely get free things from those sponsors. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll send you. I'll send you some Equity Mates merch. That's the best we can do. <laughs> oh, Jesus, this is worse than SBS. Yeah. Let's something, mate. This isn't commercial radio, you know. <laughs> You're right. I haven't mentioned Ed Sheeran once. No, (laughs) but speaking of our sponsors, football in general has some big companies that seem to sponsor everything and, you know, like Nike and Adidas top the list, but there's a number, there's the Maccas of the world, the Coke of the world. They seem to always throw money at sport and football in particular. How have they responded to everything that's going on in Qatar and especially, you know, the recent player revolts? Great question. Here is the point we find ourselves. FIFA, for the first time, is facing a future where it's not guaranteed that their revenue increases. 95% of FIFA's revenue comes from the World Cup. In the four-year cycle, it generates 95% of their revenue. They basically live on tuna and beans for three years, and they have to put on all these tournaments they don't want to put on in order to pretend that they care about football so that they can get to this point. So the Russia one in Russia generated $4.8 billion. Now, I don't know about you, and, and I know that that's enough for a one-bedroom apartment in Sydney, but I think FIFA even finds it hard to live on $4.8 billion for four years. Since 1950, the revenue has just gone up and up and up. And here is one of the great ironies of this. Set Blatter is a huge part of how that happened. He was, came from marketing, and he was instrumental in helping them get to this point where they are now, but just released. And this was a... You know, there's little pills in the food. You guys are experts at this, digging through the information to find the bit that means something. I read this the other day. Shares in ITV fell recently, the British broadcasting, you know, the, the large uh, broadcasting entity, on a lukewarm revenue boost from airing the World Cup. That is a phrase no one would ever have thought that, that they would be the uttering. This has been a rocket to the moon since the dawn of sponsorship in the World Cup with Coca-Cola and Adidas. And so that's why this World Cup is so important to the sponsors, but also it honestly feels as though they're saying to them, just get through this one. The next one's in America, the next one's in Mexico, the next one's in Canada, and that is where they're trying to get to. This Netflix documentary, I believe, was so that they can put a line under FIFA so that they can come back with the new FIFA bid on some of the rights to have games for the next one and they can say we were part of putting that old awful mob to bed look how bad they were thank goodness we've got this new crew in charge and they're doing a great job by the way we've actually got some games that's weird so that to me seems as though that's exactly what's going on here now one in particular qatar committed a fifa rights atrocity which is much more serious than a human rights atrocity two days before the tournament my homeboy Tarek Panja puts on the internet a video of the official beer sponsor, Budweiser, who pay $112 million to sponsor the World Cup, their beer tent being moved because it was too visible. By Qatari authorities. Yes. That, my friend, is the biggest crime that they have in this world. That, that, and I know that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. 
expecting no, this yeah, world, I... that is the biggest crime that Qatar has committed. That is when Qatar said, you know what? We still run this joint and we've had your, we have had enough of you telling us what to do. And that is the moment where FIFA goes, okay, great, no problem. Let's get the f- out of here and never speak of this joint again. And also then they released the prices, 12 pounds for a beer. 12 pounds for a beer and then they announced they're going to have drunk tanks where if you're seen to be intoxicated or if they think you're intoxicated they're going to throw you in these drunk tanks the only thing is a that'll be the funnest place to be for the world cup and b it might be the only way to get any accommodation if you can just have a sleep on the ground so they're, <laughs> they're going to be the place to be <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if Qatari drunk tanks is going to be my number one preference for places to be, but hey, I might, I'll, I'll let you go and tell me how it is. <laughs> but, you see, but you see what I mean? That's the, you know, that is just the biggest no-no. When that tent was getting carried, I was like, there it is. That is going to be the image that is going to keep these people up at night. So if the sponsors are just sort of you know, I guess not holding their nose, but they're just getting through it. They yeah. see the United States uh, 2026 on the horizon and now FIFA are starting to feel that way. I mean, surely that doesn't bode well for Saudi Arabia 2030. But let's let's put a pin in that. Let's focus on Qatar because we haven't even spoken about what's going to happen on the pitch yet. I'm so excited about this. I, I get that sense. I get that sense. I'm not even going to ask you a question. I'm just going to let you go. What? Well, what happens? Okay. I have a question for you. Who is going to win the World Cup? Well, Brazil are the favourites we saw. Uh, We could do this for 32 teams, but that is not what I asked. (laughs) Who's going to win the World Cup? Yeah. Well, I'm going to say Brazil. The answer, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) The answer, my friend, has to be FIFA. So FIFA has to play two games here. They have to be seen to say thank you very much to Qatar in case they need them again in the future. And they also have to be seen to say but we promise we'll never do that again. And Qatar needs an image that they can sell on their Aspire Academy. They've got the quote from Pele. Now they need something to go forever until the end of time. So let me put it to you this. Do you honestly think that FIFA and Qatar want Harry Kane from England holding up the World Cup with his rainbow armband on? I imagine Qatar don't. (laughs) That ain't going to happen, my friend. (laughs) That is simply not going to happen. And here is, I'll step you through exactly what's going to happen. Please do. (laughs) You've got to go to club football quickly. Paris Saint-Germain is owned by Qatar. Messi, Mbappe and Neymar play there. Now, I subscribe to Be In Sports, so I want to know what the official broadcaster in Qatar is trying to sell to me. And it's like there's only three people playing. It's Messi versus Mbappe versus Neymar. That is the only thing that they care about. So, Messi standing on the pitch in Paris, holding that World Cup trophy aloft to the adoring PSG slash Qatari fans. As he finishes his last World Cup, he has said it is his last World Cup. He also said last summer he wanted to go back to Barcelona. And then for the weirdest reason, he changed his mind and says he's never been happier than he is at PSG. Neymar put in a transfer request. Neymar said, this project's not going anywhere. This is a joke. Then Neymar went quiet. And now Neymar can't do anything except talk about how much he loves PSG and how much he loves the project. The best one, though, is Mbappe. So Mbappe signs this giant new contract to keep him away from Real Madrid until, oh, that's weird, just after the World Cup. They pay him 90 million euros a year. Then a story comes out 
that he didn't believe in the coach, he didn't believe in the project, and that he wanted to leave. The whole thing blows up. It blows right up. Do you know what his excuse was? That wasn't me who said that. That was my entourage. Now, I love the use of the word entourage, actually, in French. He said, that was my entourage. They did it while I was having a nap. While I was having a nap. So in order for that to be true, while Mbappe is having a nap, his entourage, who like, you know, like the whatever the French version of Turtle and E and Johnny Drama is, their big plan is to go out and lose 90 million euros a year for their for their best friend. That's their plan while he's asleep. Mate, sit down and play FIFA, boys, and shut the hell up. So let's, we need to move on quickly, right? Now let's get to what's being said now. This is the key bit. So we've got three countries, France, Brazil, Argentina. We also have to throw into the mix Ronaldo, blowing it up at Manchester United, the symbol of American ownership, the symbol of uncaring ownership, the Glazers. My theory is that he may well rock up in a PSG uniform. Now, if he rocks up in a PSG uniform and has already agreed to that in some way, then you can put Portugal down for a semi and you can possibly put Portugal down for a Messi versus Ronaldo final. Jeez, that would be big. See? See what you did there? Now you're doing what Qatar wants you to do, thinking big. You're starting to think the way that they want you to think. Go back to what they did when they opened their academy. Who was there? Maradona, Pele. That is the business that they're in. The biggest names of all time. So, Ed, I, I'm almost worried, scared to ask this question, but we have to ask it. There's a key assumption in all of that, which is that the Qataris can control what happens on the pitch. No, FIFA has already told us that they're going to control what's happening on the pitch because they're going to use VAR. And if you say that I'm crazy, did you watch, I forced you to watch New Zealand get knocked out by Costa Rica. Did you watch that video? I did watch it. Tough to uh, explain, well, tough to show on a podcast, but so maybe just quickly explain uh, what we saw. The way that they're going to fix the goals and the way that they're going to make sure that Denmark gets zero goals and Australia gets zero goals is by using this thing called phases of play uh, via assistant referee, which is how they rule out goals with replays. What they're going to do, and it's what happened to New Zealand in their qualifier against Costa Rica, because next World Cup is going to North America and Canada, but just in revenue on television alone for the Americas is a little bit over a billion dollars, almost one and a half billion dollars. And they couldn't have Australia and New Zealand in the World Cup because SBS just doesn't have that type of money and neither does TVNZ. So I'm afraid it's going to be sheepdog trials for them. However, what they do is a goal goes in, they decide whether or not they want it to be a goal. And if they don't like the goal, they keep rolling the tape back in quote phases of play until they find something they don't like and they put that on the screen and they cut out the rest and then that's how they disallow the goal. And the second part of it is that the ball, how's this, man? Adidas has been up in this up to their neck since the start, right? Don't even Google them. You think, but if you think they're working with Kanye's bad, that is the tip of their iceberg. So they have put, they said they put technology in the ball so that the ball can tell when they're offside. The reason that they're doing that is so they don't even have to use footage of players. They can just use avatars that they've built. So when you look at them, the two players are an animation. They're not even the actual players. And they can move that animation wherever they want. Sometimes they'll put the two players, the two male players, like crossing each other, which is as close as two men are allowed to get in Qatar. <laughs> and that is how they're going to do it. That is exactly it's how they get that's so it's phases of play and it's VAR. And that is how they can get any goal they want and, and they can rule out any goal they want. And offside, if they think it's getting too sus with phases of play, they can use offside any way they want. 
Right. I mean, I mean, uh, look, I've got, a, I do have questions. Surely you could just compare it to the original footage, the the cartoon to the original footage. Which angle? I don't know. You've obviously thought about this more than I. Have. See. All right. So. Well, I don't need to think about it because it happens yeah. in New Zealand. So I don't need to think about it because I've seen it happen. They've already started doing it. So once they start doing it, and that's why they use they use these t- little test events and these little bits and pieces. You've got to watch those. You've got to watch the friendlies. You've got to watch the things. And what was the first announcement they made for no reason about VAR three months ago? No reason. For no reason they made an announcement. Uh, no English VAR officials allowed in Qatar. Have I nailed isn't it? That the funniest, <laughs> isn't that the funniest thing? So the biggest league in the world where they use VAR, probably now more than any other league, for some reason, FIFA comes out and says, the one thing we don't need is your help. Why do that? Why would you need to do that? Yeah, why? You have you have a basketball World Cup, and you go. The one thing we don't want is is NBA referees because they don't know they, they don't know what basketball is. It's not suspicious. It's it, it's true to form, and that's why. So let's get to the Socceroos. Okay. <laughs> I love the Socceroos. That video that they did about workers' rights. They are principled human beings. I like these guys, and I applaud them. But they may as well not be there because of the video. That you reckon that now we were on, we were already on thin ice. Denmark with their protest kits. How funny are Denmark? Oh, we're going to wear a protest kit. FIFA said you're not allowed. Okay, well then we're going to wear it on our training shirt. Oh, pretty big statement, Denmark. Who see who? Who's going to see the Denmark training shirt? Sorry, no one is the answer there. So they can get lost. Tunisia hasn't said a word. And now this is the bit where you've got to understand when, when, that, when FIFA tells you something, it's about who listens. So FIFA came out just before the tournament and they said, quote, it was time to focus on football. This is not the place for politics and for anything else along that, of that nature. So then you wait. Who is the first group to come out and say, we couldn't agree more? Brazil. They have got the memo. Who was the second group to come out and say we couldn't agree more? Well, based on your theory about who makes it, I'm going to say Argentina. They don't need to because they got messy. France. Not only did they come out and say I couldn't agree more, but in the same press conference, their captain, Hugo Lloris, just says as an aside, oh, yeah, and by the way, I don't think the rainbow armband's for me. I just don't think that's for me. You go, brilliant. If your goal is to win the tournament, you gave yourself every chance. Okay, so you're predicting if I if I can just compile what you think, uh, you think France and Tunisia make it out of Australia's group because Australia and Denmark protest. Unless it gets too sus, unless it gets too sus, and they let the Danes through, and then they get fucking worked in the round of sixteen. If every if the other games are really sus, then they might let them have okay. a little go. But yeah, but for the most part, no. And then Brazil and Argentina most likely to meet in a final. They are on the same side of the draw, I think. So one of them, no? No, 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 no. The Argies beat Brazil. Neymar's done his dash. It's it's either Argentina and then on the other side, it's either France or Portugal, depending on what Mbappe's attitude to Qatar is when he gets there. Right, well... Now, would you want to know the one thing? I was just going to say, if people are pulling out their sports bet app and putting on the Ed Cavalli multi, gamble responsibly. <laughs> but now, yeah, what's the one thing that, that could change it? Messi signed a deal end of last year to be a tourism ambassador for Saudi Arabia. Okay. So the mortal enemy of, of Qatar until recently depends on how they take that. 
if they take that to be too much of an insult, then Mr. Messi, I'm afraid it's not going to happen this time. But if not, he's home. Okay. A lot of layers to this, Ed. A lot of layers to this. Any? Uh... I know that. I know. I know it's annoying, but it is really painfully simple. Ready? Yep. Here's what you're looking for, everybody. Who's talking shit about Qatar? Pack your bags. Who's talking shit about FIFA? You can pack your bags too. Who ain't saying nothing? You're looking good. Who ain't saying nothing and has a huge global star that looks good holding the trophy in Qatar? You've got a chance. Great. I can't wait for Canada to win the World Cup. <laughs> but on my attitude, if you're going to do it, just let Qatar win. I'm like, if you're going to do it, let's do it properly. That... They get out of the group. Qatar, yeah. get out of the group. Look, if Qatar win the World Cup, I will say I 100% believe everything you've just told me. <laughs> we normally go for 15 minutes. We've almost gone for 40. I, I'll just... Uh, any other thoughts on the World Cup, on Qatar, any other teams we should be watching or anything else you think might happen over the next couple of weeks? Uh, their attitude to Africa will be very interesting because part of this whole thing is that they need to say that they're trying to help Africa expand and that they're going to get more teams next time. Their attitude to where Africa ends up is very, very interesting. They'll either take a very dim view or they'll take the view that, um, no, nah, let's give these guys a little bit of help because that helps them look good. And then the, and then, but the, the last thing I'll say is, and I can't wait for this, is when England get knocked out on some very, very dodgy VAR decisions. Oh, well, Ed, on that note, I think we're going to say uh, thank you for joining us on the dive. We look forward to having you back in two weeks when Messi is holding up the trophy after a questionable VAR decision and you can you have the floor to come and say I told you so. So put that in your calendar. I <laughs> uh, look forward to it. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.